1: Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Tuesday afternoon, October 24th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. One way to trim the fat from personal spending is through financial fasting. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the State Department has issued a worldwide alert advising all Americans overseas to exercise increased caution. A uh, caution. Joining us to, on the Village of Bedford Park business line reminding you to bring your business home is joe brancatelli editor and publisher of joesetme.com thank you for joining us today or should i say uh, ciao ciao joe because you're joining us from rome
2: saving is maybe you should be saying time for dinner rob because <laughs> after i hang up from you i'll be Going to an early dinner to beat the the crowds uh, in Rome because it's really crowded in Rome.
1: It is Lots the it is the early evening business hour in Rome today. Um, you are in Rome. I'm guessing you're not the only American tourist who is there. But uh, when when you got there uh, and you discovered that the State Department uh, basically issued a worldwide alert to Americans traveling abroad.
2: Indeed, and and I must say, Rob, you covered. The totality of what the State Department said, it didn't say we're fearful of this or fearful of that. It's just be aware of the fact that we could have more terrorism, especially in light of or some terrorism, especially in light of what's going on in Israel. But I can give you the view of my driver who picked me up at the airport, who I've known for over 20 years. Um, He said, I'm worried about this. There was an incident in Brussels that didn't get a lot of uh, US attention because it, it happened before I left and we barely heard about it in the US. Um, the, the people here are all worried because now we have um, increased immigration from the Middle East throughout Europe. Um, one never knows what inflames passion. So they're worried about that and they're obviously worried about the impact on tourism because if there is a, another terrorism incident that really captures the globe's attention, tourism will plummet almost immediately.
1: Now, this is almost like the international tourism or international travel version of a severe thunderstorm watch or a uh, tornado watch. The conditions are there, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there is an imminent threat. And but However, there are some more specific travel advisories for uh, Tel Aviv and for Lebanon in light of what happened on October 7th. So how do you as an international traveler kind of parse the different types of State Department travel advisories?
2: Well, I think I think the general stuff is just that it's a general caution uh but I do want to say something about one of the advice one of the bits of advice the state department gives as to Israel the, the situation is obvious most Americans should not travel there right now because the the world is the world of the Middle East is so tiny right there um it's it, you know all of the Middle East fits in between Chicago and Springfield let's say um Lebanon you The State Department has advised against and actually technically uh, bans travel to Lebanon, and that's been 40 years. So, you know, there's not much to be done there. But one thing I think is notable: the State Department has a program called Smart Traveler Enrollment Program, called STEP, and that's where when you go overseas, you register with the State Department so they know where you are. That is really important, as we found in Israel. We're saying, well, we don't know if we've gotten all the Americans out because we don't know where they are. The State Department can't find you if you don't tell them where you're going. Now, I will admit, Rob, as an experienced global traveler for 40 years, I don't enroll in STEP every time I leave the country. But right now, it would be wise, because if things turn bad and you want the State Department's help, they know where to find you. They have your mobile number. They have where you're staying. That's better than you relying on calling the State Department in a crisis or trying to find out where the consulate is or where, where the embassy is. So if you're thinking about going overseas now for the next couple of months, certainly go to travel.state.gov and enroll and give them your information. That should give you a level of uh, security, if not safety.
1: Joe Joe Brancatelli, editor and publisher of JoeSentMe.com. I won't keep you from dinner, uh, Joe. I hope you can can find a decent meal in Rome.
3: I'll work
2: on it. I'll (laughs) I'll hit
1: a couple of places in search of one. All right. Good luck, Joe Brancatelli. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, taking a break from spending through a financial fast. Money conversation that pays a big dividend. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. There are various strategies and rules you can employ in an effort to keep spending under control. That includes the idea of financial fasting. Let's learn more from Ed Jertsen, Certified Financial Planner and founder of the Engage Wealth Group in Chicago. Find him online, EngageWealthGroup.com. Ed, thank you for joining us today. Explain to us a financial fast and what are some ways that you can get started?
4: Yeah, Rob, we've become a generation of plastic swipers and touchless payments, right? So we've lost the physicality of spending money. And what this financial fast does is literally for. Uh, you want to work your way up to a week, but starting in a day or two, just literally try not to spend money. Start, think forward, think ahead. Instead of on your way to work, stopping at a Starbucks and paying some money down uh, and then going out to lunch and things like that, work on a financial fast, work on not spending money as, as kind of odd as it seems, it's actually a great way to reconnect your brain to becoming a conscientious consumer.
1: And it's almost like uh, doing like going on a diet after a vacation. But when it comes to spending and and this kind of speaks to me because I don't know about everybody else, but uh, during the pandemic, you know, during the time of the closures, when you couldn't really do anything, you just weren't spending a lot of money and. you kind of got back into the swing of things as things opened up, and you weren't really keeping track of all of your spending. And the next thing I knew, you know, my credit card bill went from being a very reasonable number <laughs> in 2020 to being a rather uh, uh, a noticeable number in 2021 and 2022. And you probably go, "Hey, we we there there are some things we can scale back."
4: Yeah, you know we're big fans of the word spending plan instead of a instead of a financial diet which is a budget. So that is the key. It, it's sort of creating that spending plan. But what the brilliance is behind this financial fast is actually thinking ahead of how you're going to spend. So again, instead of going out to restaurants and the such or lunches and dinners for a week, you know, you basically have your eating list or your your meal plan, going to the grocery store, let's say on a Sunday, And then have those meals for monday tuesday wednesday so we're actually thinking ahead because again the convenience of being able to swipe or touchless payment has made us unconscious consumers so being able to think ahead and plan is really helpful but what's important again for your listeners is like you wouldn't decide to run the chicago marathon next week basically you would prepare for it so don't try to do this you know the for a five-day period Work your way up to it. Start with one day, then possibly two, and then try to do this a couple times a year. And again, it will get you reacquainted with your spending habits, which again, like you said, post-pandemic is becoming much more important.
1: We're talking to Ed Jurtzen, certified financial planner, founder of the Engage Wealth Group, based in Chicago. And uh, once you get the swing of things, once you get a, 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 you know how to how to do this in a very intelligent and purposeful way. You mentioned doing it a couple of times a year, uh, potentially quarterly, uh, three times a year. I mean, what, what's a good amount?
4: yeah, make it fit to your lifestyle. I mean, again, it's like we're supposed to exercise on a regular basis. So this is look at this as sort of like a financial exercise. If you're able to do it two times a year, three times a year, four times a year, again, going back to that marathon analogy, I mean, if you're able to do this on a regular basis and it shows and it shows you that you're making good improvements, I'm not going to say you know fast, you know every week of the year, but you know make this and incorporate this into your overall plan. The side part of this, Rob, that is so great, if you think about it, instead of like going out to movies and things like that, where you just kind of look at each other or don't even talk for a couple of hours, you know, go for a walk and re-engage again, not only with... Um, relationships that you have, but also re-engage with your pocketbook.
1: Ed Jertson, certified financial planner, founder of the Engage Wealth Group in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. An economy of words. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Twitch and YouTube are seeing record levels of live viewers. Let's get an update from Tom Lason, media analyst based in Seattle. Find him on X as Tom Lason. Tom, thank you for joining us today. And every month, Nielsen produces a podcast. chart that kind of shows, breaks down who's watching what, and even though broadcast and cable TV are still kind of hovering around the 50% mark, it's very interesting to see who's kind of the breakdown of the streaming pie, and that these studios that have spent billions, hundreds of billions of dollars trying to get these streaming services off the ground are dwarfed still by YouTube and Twitch and I think that is going to really change the way people watch video entertainment maybe not today but 15 years from now.
3: Yeah, you know, this um battle has going been going on for a long time and it wasn't too long ago that over the top and streaming services actually eclipsed broadcast and traditional linear television. But to see how YouTube and Twitch break out, you know, it really is a phenomenon and we talked about this not long ago. It's kind of surprising to me that the early movers in some of these technologies continue to dominate. And that includes Netflix, but also YouTube. But when I think about YouTube, I also think about how it's morphed over the years. You know, was a free Internet service that you just dialed up on your computer to watch crazy clips of things. It morphed into this OTT service available now on your television. Um, Next, it morphed into this AVOD um, model, ad-supported, um, and now an SVOD, a subscription-based video-on-demand de- service that you can actually use to very effectively cut your cable and watch local television channels on and use as an aggregator for things like HBO and Max and Stars and MLB and some of the other services. And, by the way, be the exclusive provider of NFL Sunday Ticket. So morphing through this process as the business models change, I think is an important piece of this. And also the content that we can talk about that both YouTube and Twitch um, offer so broad in the case of YouTube so specific in the case of Twitch, interesting.
1: We're talking to media analyst Tom Lason. I mean, this is the generational shift that's going to come, maybe 15 years from now, and that is the vast majority of the TV audience. Whether you're uh, you've cut the cord and you're watching streaming exclusively, we grew up in the network television era. Seinfeld comes on at eight o'clock. You watch sitcoms, you watch uh, documentaries, you watch dramatic shows, you watch news, you watch sports, and and these are all slickly produced professional products, the one thing that people did not anticipate, I think, is the 11-year-old watching somebody else playing Fortnite, and that might be the future of TV.
3: Yeah, it is so strange, and it just doesn't compute with people who are used to that highly produced, um, not only highly produced, but also appointment viewing, um, setting your your clock or at least your your mind space to keep track of the clock to watch your favorite show. Um, having what you want, when you want, how you want, on the device you want, at the time you want, has always been the dream. And I think that's what these service providers, you know, have accomplished. They have cracked that nut. But I will say that three words are going to remain important going forward. And you're seeing this a little bit with YouTube, Um, aggregating, integrating, and simplifying. Um, We're going to have the sine wave that that goes up with lots of choices and lots of demand, and it'll come back down with aggregation and simplification and aggregation. And then something else will disintermediate that in the future. The meanwhile, though, yes, this younger generation, all they watch is YouTube and Twitch. They don't go to some of these other services that, that um, even old folks, you know, in their thirties are now used to in terms of over the top services and things they're subscribing to. So You know, I guess the one thing that's constant in all this, Rob, that we've been talking about over the years is change.
1: Yeah, you're darn right, Tom Lason, media analyst uh, based in Seattle. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, uh, and we're uh, well. Ch- it's a uh, Travel Tuesday on the Noon Business Hour, so stick around. We'll talk about uh, how you can uh, enjoy the uh, the pleasures of the Principality, as it were, at uh, every EPCOT location at Disney World as an adult. Stick around for that.
5: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing.
1: This is Chicago's News, Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Two elderly Jewish women are the latest hostages to be released from captivity in Gaza. This is Mike Krauser. Police in Wisconsin shoot and kill a man on the roof of a middle school while students are inside. In Travel Tuesday, adults head the Disney World for a global drink and food experience. And we'll talk about the latest on the GM strike now expanding to another plant in Texas. WBBM business, the markets are higher. The Dow is up 136 points. The Nasdaq is up 64. The S&P 500 is up 17. 76 degrees right now under mostly sunny skies going up to 81. It's 1231, topping our news at the half hour. Israel has released two more hostages, both elderly women. CBS News correspondent Charlie Daggett has more on the conditions that 85-year-old Yeshevid Lifshitz and the other hostage faced. She
3: said the bottom line is they were really well prepared for them. So they had uh, food, um, they had cheese, they had um, shampoo, conditioners, soap, hygiene products. So they knew what they were doing and they knew to keep them prepared. They even had doctors come by with, with medicine and antibiotics if necessary.
1: The U.S. has asked the Israeli military to hold off on a ground attack to try to secure the release of more hostages. Police in the village of Germantown, Wisconsin, about 25 miles northwest of Milwaukee, were involved in a deadly shooting at a school last night. Police responded to reports of a, quote, subject acting erratically in the parking lot of Kennedy Middle School at about 6.36 p.m. That's according to a statement from the Wisconsin Department of Justice. The man climbed onto the roof of the school. There was a volleyball game Game going on inside at the time. More than 50 students were there. The statement says the man fired at police officers and they returned fire, hitting the man. The officers gave him first aid, the statement says, and he died at the scene. Nobody else was injured. Mike Krauser, News Radio, 1059 WBBM. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Stocks are trading higher today. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Matt Shapiro, President, M. W.S. Capital, based in Chicago, and it looks like uh, some big earnings reports are moving the markets today.
5: Yes, uh, well, we're waiting, of course, for the big ones tonight, Microsoft and Google, so that will really set The rest of the town for the market trying to put a recovery in here from a grinding three-month corrections that saw the S&P 500 down almost 9% and even worse in smaller companies down 16%. Bonds not doing well with rates peaking at 5%. Finally, a cool down of them. So we're trying to put a rally together. We'll see what happens with the earnings tonight.
1: And what are we expecting out of uh, Alphabet and from uh, Microsoft when they report after the bell? Are they going to be evaluated strictly on their progress in A.I.?
5: That is, of course, what has been the buzz around uh, the technology companies this year. Uh, Absolutely. The outlooks will be critical. Remember, these are huge, multi-trillion-dollar companies. They do have to hit their numbers. They have to hit the outlooks. But so far, through earnings season, instead of earnings being flat, they're up about 3.5%, and they're going to rise about another 10% for the next quarter. GDP, very strong. So the story was really these rates being so high, they just need to cool down just a little bit, get some better messaging from the Federal Reserve, and I think that will help all the large companies and even smaller stocks as well.
1: We're talking to Matt Shapiro, president, NWS Capital, based in Chicago. Coca-Cola topping earnings estimates, uh, stock up 3%. What does Coca-Cola's results say about the overall economy, seeing as that that is a consumer staple and uh, it just has a a greater exposure to what the average everyday American uh, likes to spend their money on?
5: The overall economy is good. Remember, um, wages are rising, um, even inflation adjusted. Jobs are plentiful. Um, A lot of the food staple companies like McDonald's and Coca-Cola got hit really hard of all things by the Ozempic craze. And of course, McDonald's up quite nicely today because, you know, maybe that was a little overdone. I think people do have money and are certainly going to enjoy their comfort foods uh, for the years to come.
1: You know, inflation is still above the 2% uh, Fed target, but uh, interest rates are higher. uh, Bond rates are certainly higher. And uh, the prime rate is in the uh, 8% range. This is uncharted territory for a lot of people who just remember the last 20 years. But is this essentially a 1990s economy?
5: Well, it could be, Rob, but we would need the messaging from the Federal Reserve to settle down just a little bit. It's not terrible if the 10-year bond is 5% or 487 or whatever, as long as the spreads with mortgages tighten up a little bit when long-term investors have a little bit of certainty of the path of interest rates that you know the inflation fight is really done. The Fed has stopped raising rates. So, uh, mortgages at 8% are an unintended negative consequence of the Federal Reserve's interest rate campaign. And I think over the next couple of quarters, they're going to have to try to calm the United States Treasury market, get these rates more stable. That will help mortgage rates come down where they're affordable If not, I think it's going to be a political issue in the election in 2024.
1: Matt Shapiro, president, NWS Capital, based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, a global food and drink fest at Disney World. Conversation that's on the money. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Travel Tuesday. Disney World, of course, a haven for families and kids, but there are plenty of reasons for adults to visit the parks. We welcome in Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of Sheba. Travel.com, based in Chicago. Cindy, thank you for joining us today. I have not done this yet, or I haven't done it in a very long time, and that is the idea of going to Disney World without kids. I mean, normally it's a big family event. The kids go along. You kind of uh, do things on their schedule and cater your itinerary to the uh, little ones who are along for the ride, making those memories, but I also have some friends who've done bachelor or bachelorette parties at Disney World, and they usually go to Epcot because that is the one park where the uh, in the world showcase side of things, international pavilions, uh, they all have uh, some alcoholic beverages reflecting the tastes of their home country.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that everyone thinks that's the biggest reason to go to Disney without kids is you can drink because, you know, if you're shepherding a lot of children around while you're sipping a cocktail, you can get a little side eye from some of the other Disney moms that are there. But it's not really the only reason to go there. I mean, there, there are some really terrific restaurants. Um, I'm a big fan of Animal Kingdom, both the park and the lodge. And, you know, the the restaurants there are um, very African flavored, African infused and and kind of exotic for little kid tastes. I mean, I've been there many times and and seen other families with little kids going, oh, what is that, mom? <laughs> So you don't have to hear that if you go there and, uh, without kids.
1: Now, I will vouch for some of the restaurants at the uh, Animal Kingdom uh, Park. They are very good. Um, I do know that uh, kind of an unofficial Disney activity, uh, it is not uh, encouraged or condoned, is the Drink Around the World uh Uh, practice where you go into the park, uh, perhaps uh, on the boardwalk side, you begin in France and then make your way all the way around. And then uh, by the time you get to uh, Great Britain, uh, you may or may not uh, be able to complete your journey. (laughs) Uh, I do know uh, soccer star uh, Alex Morgan got kicked out of Disney World a couple of years ago for doing just that and uh, was a little uh, rambunctious uh, by the time she finished the circuit. So uh, uh, that's why it's not recognized. Recommended, but people have done it.
0: Absolutely, and it's probably why there are so many bachelorette and bachelor parties that happen at at Disney World. But you know, I know people who have gotten engaged. At the Cinderella Castle, they have a whole engagement party thing where, you know, they bring the ring out in a glass slipper. It's, I, I gather, it's quite romantic. So there, there really are reasons to go there as an adult. And you know, I mean, you were talking about you set up a um, an itinerary that's aimed at the youngest ones, but think about going there without kids, where you can ride the rides you want to ride, right? Or, or, or you don't have to worry about the you know the rider swap because you have a kid who's too little to ride and is crying because the big kids got to go on the ride but he didn't so you know one parent rides with the kids and then you swap the little one and get and the other parent gets back on the ride you don't have to deal with any of that stuff and you know i mean you know rob with three kids there how much stuff you carry around disney right with three kids snacks and sunscreen and hats and changes of clothes if they get wet on the log ride um, you also don't have to do that if you're just going there with an adult um, partner, friend, whatever.
1: Now, uh, as far as the on-the-books activities are concerned, Epcot does have the Food and Wine Festival, which does attract people the world over to check it out. And it's not a special thing that you have to sign up for. You can just be there as it's happening because yeah. they have special kiosks at different, uh, uh, at different yeah. pavilions that just check out more stuff and enjoy more food and and, and have a few more cocktails along the way.
0: Well, and I love it because it's sort of like a Taste of Chicago kind of idea where you can get little samples of so many of the different dishes from all the different countries. It's really nice. The Flower and Garden Show and the Food and Wine Fest, they both work the same way. And it's a great way to get little tastes of a lot of different cuisines.
1: Cindy Richards, editor-in-chief of SheBuysTravel.com, based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today and join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday and still to come, the UAW expanding its strike. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The United Auto Workers Union expanding its strike, staging a walkout at a key GM SUV plant in Texas. Let's get the latest from John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv in Detroit. John, thank You for joining us today this follows yesterday's announcement that the uaw is going to strike at the uh, stellantis plant in suburban detroit that uh, builds uh, ram trucks and now we're going after uh, they are the uaw is uh, shutting down production at a uh, suv plant in texas what does this say about the strike against the big three where are we at right now as far as nego- as far as negotiations are con- as are, are concerned
6: Yeah, hard to say where we are with negotiations, but it's clear the UAW is really hitting the Detroit three where it's going to hurt the most. The plants that you just talked about are the most profitable plants for each of those companies. In fact, the one that they just shut down today, uh, GM in Arlington, Texas, some people, some analysts say it's the most profitable car plant in the world. So now the strike gets extremely serious. Hopefully this is the beginning of the end because I think everybody would like to see this wrapped up, but there's no question that the union just escalated it to the max.
1: It seems like the two sides, uh, or I should say the four sides, I guess, in, in this particular strike, uh, were were inching closer to agreement on some key provisions. It seems like the UAW is backing off some of its initial asks. So, is this uh, possibly just ratcheting up the pressure one more time uh, before coming to an agreement, or is this a sign that this is going to be a, a, a protracted, uh, a protracted walkout?
6: You know, it's hard to say for sure, Rob, but. You know, I I think you've got it right that, you know, this was hopefully the last ratcheting up. I think Sean Fain, the new president of the UAW, had to show his members that he took these car companies to the mat, that he got the most out of them. If he had not struck their most profitable plants, there would have been some of the hardcore people in the union who would have said, hey, look, you could have gotten more. You gave up too easy. So that's why I'm kind of reading this as maybe the beginning of the end. Once he shut down the three most profitable plants, I mean, you you can still inflict more pain, but this is where you're probably going to get the maximum leverage out of the car companies. And that's where it stands right now, where it goes from here probably only Sean Fain knows.
1: We're talking to John McElroy, automotive industry analyst uh, in Detroit, host of TV. Now, Texas is a right-to-work state, and it, does that mean that uh, the, the entire plant is shut down? Are there employees who are not in the union who could continue going to work?
6: Um, you know, I don't know the exact status, but even though Texas is a right-to-work state, that doesn't matter. You know, the Detroit Three have quite a few plants in right-to-work states where all the people in the plant are still union. So, you know, what right-to-work says is you do not have to belong to a union. Doesn't mean that you're not going to go sign up. Turns out that, you know, the blue-collar people in these plants are very loyal to the UAW. And so whether it's uh, right-to-work or not, it doesn't seem to matter. Uh, There's probably some people in the plant who are not paying union dues But it's a very small minority. The majority of the people in those plants are UAW.
1: John McElroy, automotive industry analyst, host of Autoline.tv in Detroit. Thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's show, just go to our stream, skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app.